Welcome back to the Forever Young Podcast, a Chinese medicine podcast hosted by Chinese medicine graduates. We release episodes every week on a Thursday, and if you're new here, feel free to subscribe or follow us to keep up to date with our uploads. I'm Brennan, and I'm joined by Charlene. Hello. Nick. Hey guys, what's going on? And Timmy. Hey, how are you guys? Yeah, he's Timmy this week, by the way. <laughs> I'm in the good books, that's nice to know. Yeah, you're not in the doghouse anymore. Yeah, yeah, it's nice. It's, it's cold outside now due to this change in season. Why? Because you're not in the doghouse anymore. Yeah. <laughs> you notice how cold it is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> don't you guys... You're inside in the heater. Yeah, aren't you guys <laughs> finding it's cold there? now? Like super cold? It is. It is freezing. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's pretty... Was, yeah, and there was mad storms last night as well. Did you hear that? It like woke me up from my sleep. No, no, I didn't. No, I didn't. No, me neither. Oh. And I'm like two minutes away from you. I'm surprised I didn't hear it. Maybe I was just a light sleeper. Or am a light sleeper. No, nah, but I woke up to a whole bunch of rain. Like, my car was clean. <laughs> <laughs> First time ever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Excuse me, new car. I'm be cleaning that. All right? Uh, yeah, 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 yep. Yeah. Just not I recently. Pops because... open the boot. Three pairs of shoes falls out of basketball. And a dead body. <laughs> yeah. Excuse Probably. me, I've got one pair of shoes in the boot. Thank you very much. One shoes is enough for me. Why do I need three? One pair. One sick? pair. So, are you, are you okay? I'm fine. I am sane. I have my one pair, and they they they're beat as hell. And I've got my skateboards in there. But yeah, no, my boot's actually quite uh, all messy, of his so skateboards, his shoes. Yeah, that's it. I've got CDs in the back. I've got that same. I've got that same. I've got the same jacket that Timmy's wearing right now in the in my boot. Mm-hmm. T- to be fair, though, You've probably also got like one of those tape recorders and a Walkman. <laughs> <laughs> a seventy-eight year old man that's been there for sixty years too. Mm-hmm. That's it. <laughs> to be fair, though, well, he shouldn't be driving that much that often, anyways. I'm not. That's mm. why I'm not cleaning it. That's see, take that one for yeah. laziness. Yeah. Oh, nah. Look, it's uh, we're doing just essential tasks, and I just deem it unessential. That's right. So he's he's being a good citizen and staying at home and performing his social distancing. Mm-hmm. And well, because of these stupid, like not stupid laws, because they're in place for a reason, but all these strict laws, I don't, I don't want to risk anything. You know what I mean? You know. Mm-hmm. That's right. Some, That's right. Yeah. That's good. Know, Did you hear about facts. that? Um, someone got fined. Uh, I think it was sixteen hundred for taking out their kid on an L L test, L plate, like just just for a practice run. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She she got off on it. She did um, get off, yeah. Yeah, the same copper um gave like three or four people fines for very similar things. After that they said we're gonna um have a bit more constraint and <laughs> kick that sure guy. Have like a yeah. Make sure they have like a validated reason for giving out a fine and stuff, so mm. yeah. Yeah, no, that was that was silly. I, I, they, they withdrew it, but I set that standard as like a that's how strict they're being. But I can imagine all the ones that weren't brought to attention, like maybe someone had actually a legit excuse, but it was deemed not legit. I don't know. There's just I find the but whole thing. But it's still good that there's it's still good that there's fu- like they can give out fines for not staying at home. You know, as a, a and sixteen hundred dollars is quite a large amount of money. Mm, exactly. It's a good deterrent. Um, so that's. That's a good initiative the government has taken. And I mean, yeah. they've got to get some money in revenue somehow. Yeah, I'm not willing to pay for uh, 1600 bucks just because I want to see a mate. That's not me. No, definitely not. And look at that footballer. Um, 
just last week. He was out. He got caught drink driving. Smashed a car. Um, he got caught. He got done for leave exiting the scene of a crime, and him and all his mates got done for social distancing. Wow. What? Yeah. He ended up with a pretty hefty fine. Um, Do you know how much? No, not not quite. Um, not quite sure. But he's also contesting. I think he's contesting the the l- exiting the scene of a crime one. But yeah, that's yeah. a very specific like scenario. Uh, yeah, because he left he left a barbecue at his mate's place, drunk, um, hit a couple of parked cars, and off to another mate's place, and then yeah, he got <laughs> he got done. Could he get done for those two? Like those two situations? Yeah, he, yeah, he did. He got done for all of it. Yeah. Oof, that's a lot of money. Done. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah decent amount of money. Well, you don't visit your mates. The, That's right. Stay home. The law's there for a reason. Yeah. The Switch is there for a reason. Hey. That's it. I've been playing Xbox, actually. I think we talked I'm about this last it. week. Yeah. No, I've been playing a lot of... Oh, no, you know. Did I, did I mention I've been playing a lot of COD? I forgot. Uh, I think we talked about it last week. I don't know if we talked about it on the pod, but we definitely talked about it. I think we talked about it on air, but I've been smashing out games lately. On and air. I don't know... <laughs> <laughs> What do you mean? On oh, come on! <laughs> no, I, I I know it's just a funny term. Oh yeah, funny term to use. Ah, let's anyways. Right. Yeah. Let's let's kick start into our into our topic today. What what are we doing today, Tom? We're covering gastrointestinal disorders for today. So, what we're the talking tummy about? Problems. Hmm. Yeah, all the tummy problems, all the middle jaw stuff. Yeah, that's the, that's the, that's a technical term. Tummy problems. <laughs> yeah, that's that's the one you'll find in the medical journals. Mm-hmm. Patient comes if it in. doesn't have tummy problems, mm-hmm. it's it's not validated <laughs> and probably written by a non-legitimate doctor. Yes, for sure. Definitely snake oil stuff. It's actually in the old scriptures. Um, all, <laughs> or dating all the way back centuries ago. Mm-hmm. Um, Under, yeah. yeah. Under tummy <laughs> hurdy. No. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Under that one. <laughs> what, what's the, what sort of... Con- How far are we going with this? I think I had. Wait, we're moving on. Yeah, we're moving. On. <laughs> Definitely moving on. Um, uh, what sort of what sort of stuff have you guys seen for gastrointestinal slash tummy disorders? Uh, I think it there's there's it ranges from you know small stomach cramps and a little bit of like indigestion or bloating, all the way to the other side is like you know ulcerative colitis or um, on the on the the grander scale, like bowel cancer type patient or recovering bowel cancer patient, um, or somebody that's had like a resection of the bowel, things like that. You know where they just their digestive tract just doesn't do its job because it's not there, <laughs> or <laughs> you know it it's it's functioning quite badly, um, and sort of everything in between. You know you got stomach ulcers or you know, you've got constipation and diarrhea, which, you know, we might seem, we might say that it's, it's quite common. And, yeah, you know, you also so. got like IBS and stuff like that. So, so yeah, gastrointestinal is a massive topic um, in itself. And we'll just touch on a few, t- a few of the cases here and, um, you know, we'll see where it leads and maybe we'll have yeah. a second episode, but yeah. Well, diff- talk different diagnoses, diagnoses, um, and Possibly. like different, 
I don't, I don't know the words for that. Um, different uh, like patients that we've seen and uh, how we treated them. And on top of that, we'll go go through any sort of like, um, you know, lifestyle habits. And and uh, we'll talk about a little zhang fu a little bit, eh? What do you think? Yeah, probably. And, you know, yeah. we'll, we'll touch on our stories from China. Obviously, you once you travel overseas, you start to sort of see a whole different like aspect of digestion, you know, especially in ourselves. And then <laughs> yeah, I was going to say that. <laughs> <laughs> and then, you know, and they have a diff- quite a different diet to what we have here. So, so there's that different aspect of, of digestion as well. So where shall we start? Hmm, let's see. Um, do you want to start with ourselves <laughs> when you mentioned travel? Um, yeah, yeah, we can start with ourselves. Yeah. So like digestive issues do we have or have we had? Yeah, um, yeah. I can elaborate if you want. I can share a lot yeah. about my bowels if you want. <laughs> Un- share away. Some could say unload on us. <laughs> wow. <laughs> but many uh, would not. Many. Some would say that, but many would not. Yes, that. that's some true. Many would not. Well, they would say that, but not want that. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> All right. Well, let me let me let let me let you into my bowels uh, for a second. Mm-hmm. Um, like the magic <laughs> school bus. The magic school bus. <laughs> I don't know if you remember. Didn't, didn't they do that in an episode? They that's probably all, did. That's like a classic. It's yeah. like a classic science thing that you like have to like shrink yourselves in like a bus or a, or a little spaceship or something, mm-hmm. and like go Rick inside the body, and you'll always end yeah. up in the Rick and Morty. Rick and Morty. That say. one episode. It happens in all of those type of things. Anyways, <laughs> into your bowels we go. <laughs> now, nah, look, I've always had. I haven't had really bad. Uh, cases before of like you know just general bad digest uh, digestive health, um, but I think when we went to China, uh, like Japan was okay, but it was China that kind of set me off. Um, where I had the first couple of weeks, I had uh, you know it's a little bit of an upset stomach, um, where it was kind of just I'd eat something and if I didn't eat the right things, uh, it would just I would need to find a toilet urgently. Um, it just caused me like a, a lot of a low abdominal pain. Um, I did some looking into what was going on and um, mainly I feel like it was due to the China diet. Like uh, I've, overall, I found Chinese food to be that tad bit oily or spicy or both. So my stomach did not like that at all. Um, I remember, I think I looked it up and it ended up to be like my large intestine was inflamed and that pain... And this is actually pretty common, so and it's probably a good tidbit to take away from it, is that usually if a patient feels like if their pain induces a feeling to need to go to the toilet, I feel like that that pain is due to the large intestine being inflamed. Um, that's that's something that I have seen and I actually saw it myself, um, where it would just it would it wouldn't be it'd be something that I've eaten before and it was fine, but then I eat it again while I'm constantly at the state and then react and then I have to go to the toilet. But um, So sorry to cut you off there, B. Um yeah, that's so fine. what you what you're trying to say is uh pain before going to the toilet, before passing a stool? If if we're talking to patients and stuff, this is the type of question you would ask? Is this Yeah, or pain before a stool, you saying? Yeah, is that the is this is that what you're talking about? Um or yeah, yeah. Discom- oh, well, mo- discomfort and pain before and then relief after? I wouldn't say because that wasn't there was a little bit of relief, but then sometimes there wouldn't be. So it's like, that's how I know it was more of like an inflammatory kind of thing. Cause it wasn't really relieved 
by actually passing. I'm not too sure. Like, it, it'd be back and forth. It'd be back and forth, really. Would you say it's more of like a sense of urgency? So you get that pain and then you have that urgency to pass a bowel motion and then that bowel motion may or may not relieve it? it yeah, it's like a may or may not relieve. But I think the, the, the clear factor that, that made me think that it was just... Um, it was the pain that brought on that need to go to the toilet was that if I muscled, this is going to sound really weird, but if I muscled out the pain and like really just gritted through the pain, I wouldn't really need to go. You know what I mean? Or sometimes yeah, I'd, or sometimes I'd go and you know, there'll be, I wouldn't pass anything. It was just, it would just be painful. So that's something to kind of keep an, keep an eye out. And it was what I actually found interesting. And I experienced a lot of during my Southeast Asia trip. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, I would, I would say that's just like TCM coming back into it. I would say that's probably more of like that damp heat type type of presentation. Oh yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. And if you're not uh, purging that through those bitter and cold herbs, um, which can be quite disturbing to the body, but uh, you know if you're not using that classical um, classical method of really like purging the bowels and getting everything out, you know it might not really resolve on its own. Especially but, yeah. if you're keeping up that same sort of diet and stuff like that. So, The, the tricky thing is there, though, um, and something that I kind of was conflicted by is that when, when you have these type of issues and when your stomach is unstable, when you introduce cold foods... Now, I want to talk. To, I wanted to actually use that as a point of discussion because when you use that cold food, you essentially it, we're told that we damage the spleen, right? Or we damage the spleen to a degree. So then if we're trying to purge um, the damp heat and everything in that large intestine... By ingesting the herbs, how do we do that without damaging the spleen? Yeah, that's when um, you start to add some of some other herbs in that kind of balance out your formula. You always, you should always be thinking about how to make quite a balanced formula. You know, that's why a lot of the classical texts uh, throw in like a jugansao or a dazao, something like that to sort of help uh, benefit the spleen. Um, oh, Shenzhen or something would be really mm, good there. Exactly. Yeah, that's right. And I think impo- important as well, you want the herbs that are cold and bitter to target the intestines rather than, I guess, the stomach or anywhere else. And that helps kind of minimize um, the stomach reacting adversely or um, making that cold or that weakness worse. Yeah. So, yeah, you got to look at um, trying to put in the, some of those herbs that are going to not neutralize the formula, but just take out that harshness on the stomach. Um, and yeah, like you said, Shenzhen is, is, is a good, is a prime herb um, just because it helps warm the stomach. It, you know, benefits the spleen a little bit there, still does a little bit of that damp, you know, it, it really, it really helps benefit that, but benefit that formula, you know, and it being more on the hot side of herbs rather than the warmer, you know, and I think a lot that of th- and stuff yeah. like rogue way and stuff. Because I think Sorry. a lot of the the pain that you're probably feeling is all that like obstruction and like dampness, like building up in the large intestines, and that's why you get a lot of pain and stuff. Before and even if you can't pass it, because it's, it's not letting you go because of all the blockage and stuff. So the herbs are there to help move it, push it along, hopefully remove some of that pain and stuff too. Yeah, a, a herb I've been using lately and. It really throws off the taste of my herbs, but um, a good herb just to sort of throw in when digestion is not so great 
Um, I've been using Huang Lian Ooh. in a couple of my formulas, which is only like three grams, small dose. Um, but it, I know for me, and I'll jump into my story in a minute, but I know for me it really helps um, helps things going on. But mm. the taste, that so, bitterness. Yeah, that taste is intense. Oh, it just sits in the back of your throat for yeah. so long. Um, question, question. Because um, is, is it... Correct me if I'm wrong, but Huang Bai targets lower jowls, all right? Mm-hmm. So, would you, if in that case, would you rather use Huang Bai more than Huang Lian when someone has like some large intestine inflammation tinks? I would probably say Huang, if you're going like lower jowl, Huang Bai is probably more for like UTI. Exactly. Uh, yeah, the damp heat sort of condition. Yeah, the damp heat, the, the kidneys like type dysentery. stuff. Dysentery. Uh, painful, yeah, painful urination, mm-hmm. stuff like that. Um, ah, you know, okay. probably, that probably some of that uh, vaginal bu- mucus, like the discharge is really like viscous and quite smelly, that type of stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, wait, correct, wait, where's the large intestine? I'm pretty sure. I thought it was lower jowl. Now I'm confused. Yeah, it's wherever you want to put it, mate. <laughs> <laughs> I swear it was lower. <laughs> no, I just got a flashback from uh, Lemon Trunk where we had to put together all the, inter- the um, organs at one time. Do you remember that? Yeah, that was fun. Wherever we want to put it. Put it where the heart is. Don't worry about it. As long as it's got a pin in it. Well, that's that's the thing about um, separating the three jowls. Because there's something else in the, that is in the lower jowl of the, of the body, but belongs in the middle jowl. But I can't remember what it was. Was it liver? Because liver. liver was like kind of a Possibly. iffy one. I remember liver, yeah. liver had liver. It sparked a lot of debates. Always. Oh, liver and spleen always spark debates. That's a good topic. If you ever just want to talk to somebody Chinese med, just bring up liver and spleen and talk for hours. No, that's <laughs> how you lose Chinese med and friends. It's like, no, liver is in the lower jowl. No, liver is in the middle jowl. And then eventually you hate each other. There you go. You <laughs> say the spleen is the center of the body. And that's, yeah, that's, a, that's, that's a good topic. That's right. You move on from there. <laughs> God. Uh, Tim, do you have any stories or... Any things about your digestion you want to share? <laughs> Jesus. I feel like... That, that had a little bit of a grit to it. <laughs> I feel like there's too much. Like, there was there was so many problems in terms of digestion in China. In China? Yeah. I mean, I've had a lot of digestion issues before China as well. So, I feel like my spleen what, what's is your, not too good. What's your... It, and that that's your common presentation, isn't it? That mm. your spleen is sort of unnourished because of your diet. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just a pretty classical uni kid diet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Instant noodles. Uh, even in China. Mm-hmm. Yeah, even in China. Even in China. I you actually go through the discounted page. Yeah, I actually ate what? better in China than I did back in my first yeah, second year like, of cool, uni. Because because we cooked tea for you. eggs. Yeah, I had food. Had food. <laughs> <laughs> oh god! But yeah, I, th- I think more issues in China was more like indigestion, diarrhea, that's sort of like really bad yeah. stools rather than no food, hunger pains, that sort of stuff. <laughs> how how long how long did it take to you to for you to adjust? <laughs> Nick's gone. <laughs> um <laughs> Nick's gone. I think are you alright? <laughs> Thomas so Thomas casually to adjust to the no food. Yeah, yeah. The starvation that he thinks. Yeah, malnourishment, whatever is going. But yeah, uh, I think it took me. <laughs> it's turned red. The first few weeks was actually fine, and it only started kicking in three, four 
weeks in that I started getting lots of indigestion. I think the diet just caught up with me in China where it's like it can't process or filter any of the good nutrients and stuff. And lots of It's interesting how we're all sort of a different presentation. Um, you know, B's more of that like damp heady side. Tom's more of like the spleen deficiency. Charlene, have you got anything to share? Are you somebody yeah. else? I am somebody else. I'm that like liver overacting on spleen type with lots of like bloating and just no appetite when I'm stressed. And I think my bowels are okay. But yeah, more of the actual stomach and stress issues. So the spleen stuff. Yeah, I sort of belong in the same boat there with the liver overact on spleen, except I sort of go um, a little bit different in my presentation, which is. Which is really good to see that, you know, where we could have the same diagnosis yet come with different symptoms. Um, I, I don't get any pain or anything like that, but my bowels sort of go all over the shop. Um, I either go like really constipated and sort of don't poo for quite a number of days. And then, you know, it comes and goes and depending on my, my schedule and stuff like that. And that just sort of goes all over the shop. Um, definitely comes on weekends. Goes away on holidays. <laughs> I, I think that's really back interesting. Yeah, it's, it's very t- underlining because I, I kind of feel the same way. Back when back back during uni, sorry Tim, I will cut you off, but no, it's okay. Um, back back during uni, when he had that backdrop of just constant stress and everything like that, you tend. I feel like the digestion's a lot more. Well, my digestion anyway was just residually just bad, and then when it came to like when we graduated, oh, that moment where we graduated, and then we just were at home, we're just doing nothing. You just. Just unleashed his bowels. Yeah, guilt free. <laughs> Five like, years. Shout out, all, holding, shout out all the like the the damp and all that heat from my oh, it's just <laughs> straight out. Like, thank you. Go on, see you later. Thank you for the audio too. That was nah. I don't didn't worry. See I want it. Immer- it's all about the immersion. <laughs> Our listeners. That, that's what they come for. Mm. They just switched off just now. They just went back to our stress one. <laughs> <laughs> they, get, they get twenty minutes into this podcast. They hear that. Like, yep. I've had my dose. See you later. Today. Yeah, unsubscribe. I'll be back next week. <laughs> <laughs> Are you sure they'll be back next week? I'm sure. If you keep coming up with quality content like this, they'll be back. <laughs> Thank God we're gonna no, have start, uh, part two of gastrointestinal next week. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I've always wanted to ask you, Nick. Like, I, I find it so weird how you have like a poop routine. Like, <laughs> oh, definitely. No, it it runs on on schedule. Um, is it coffee induced? Oh no, you don't drink coffee anymore, do you? I no, I'm, I'm drinking coffee again. Um, but no, coffee eh, doesn't do too much to my bowels. Um, but it's definitely routine based. Um, I'll, I I know, especially in uni, where say it was like three days a week, um, where I'd have something to do during the day. On those days would be really good because I'd get up and have breakfast and go to the toilet and then get ready, go, whatever. Um, but the other couple of days and weekends, especially it is all over the shop. Um, potentially never go, you know, stuff like that. It's just, yeah. So yeah, definitely, definitely routine, routine based. Yeah. That's, that's, a, that's absolutely crazy for me. Like, where does it go? If you have a few <laughs> days, like <laughs> just stores it. Just stores it. <laughs> Shows in the liver. Don't just, know. Just, ca- just starts coming out my mouth. <laughs> I get on this podcast, and here we are. That actually explains <laughs> a lot. <laughs> that explains <laughs> a lot. Charlene's face. <laughs> <It's just laughs> 
Uh, that's so funny. Yeah, it makes sense. Oh, God. So, you yeah, said... No, oh, no, 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 no. I was just going to say, so it's really interesting to see that we're all sort of a little bit different. Um, and, you know, we can all be treated very differently. I know for myself, if I have like a chai hu based formula and throw in a couple of those digestive herbs, uh, I, I start feeling really good, you know, automatically and I get back onto a routine and I'm going sort of every day and they pass quite smoothly and stuff like that. You know, so it's it's good to see that we're all sort of a little bit different, um, but with some of our similar uh, symptoms, which is which is really interesting, and and pushes that point that we always talk about with you know treating symptoms and and finding patterns and stuff like that. You know. Yeah, exactly. Um, have you have you guys ever had a really successful case when treating a patient that you've seen in your lifetime? I have one. I think uh, the guy had, I think he had really weird stools and was, um, I got a little bit of indigestion. What do you mean by weird? Sorry. Uh, weird color, weird timing, I think was the, was the key. It was just like in color. the middle of the night. Yeah. It was like a yellow. It was, okay. yeah. So which is. Uh, yeah, immediately that, you know, flags my damp, damp heat, yeah. damp. You know, it was a, it was a kind of like a spleen. It was more of, uh, isn't it? Isn't Lung like white or something? No, Huang. Huang, Huang color. Oh, Huang. Oh, yellow. Like yellow color. <laughs> yeah. Yellow. Nick's busting out his Chinese right now to Jeez, impress the Chinese go. listeners. But, you know, you know, you start to think about the Huangs that, you know. Yeah, the Huangs, yeah. Kind of stuff. But anyway, simply, I don't know. I don't know. Okay, so what ended up happening was I was trying to treat him for a really long time and it was kind of just Accu, herbs, herbs worked a little bit. Accu worked a little bit. It would revert back. Well, like, what the hell? What's going on? And he kept having, like, you know, a little bit of stomach pain, um, post-eating, and, um, and uh, what do you call it? And, um, yeah, it was, it was just all, all over the shop, basically. And then all we told him was, eat at regular times. Eat at, you know, 9, 1, 6, and that's it. No snacking or anything. And then it was just, bang. He came back and he was like, no, it's all good. And then we never saw him again. Yeah, following... Um, you know, following your body clock is is quite important, and you know your your meridians follow a chi cycle and stuff like that. And we talk about that quite often in this podcast. And following that is is quite important if you've got lots of digestion issues. Um, yeah. Again, back to me. Like I know if I need to if I need to go it in the night, it's it's game over. That is, it's <laughs> like it has just reached the peak. <laughs> And then that's 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 a big fall Oh that. no! And that oh. that that poo is always a bad one. That's that's is like that like post drinking? Is that like post drinking no, no, or something? No, it doesn't have to be. Um, I, yeah, just can come on and then what, that's what kind of painful and uh, stress induced more than likely. Uh, more stress induced, right? Yeah, it's, uh, all my digestion stuff comes back down to like liver spleen. Uh, you know, kind of taut pulse. Uh, purplish tongue, you know, sometimes teeth marks, sometimes none, you know, that type of stuff. So can we quickly go back two seconds to when you talk about a bad poo? So how do the people who are listening, and if they're wondering, like, what is a good poo and what is a bad poo? Yeah, well, I define, I define like a good poo as, you know, no discomfort at all. It's quite... Um, it's it's like a sausage, just sort of comes out in one piece. Um, 
yeah, no discomfort before or after. You feel quite good. You feel empty and, you know, sometimes light. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, because you haven't pooed for three Nick, days, that's why. Uh, Nick's just describing his morning. It's just Yeah, you know. Um, yeah, you feel like cheery then, on your feet, you know. And then you compare that to, you know, quite a bad poo where there's quite a lot of discomfort and it can be either, you know, really hard and solid uh, and dry or it can go on the other side and be like pebbles and, and um, you know, quite like diarrhea or watery and lots of discomfort and stuff like that. So that's and what about smells? Is smells normal or, yeah, what would you say? I don't know. Hmm. No, I've, I don't. I don't know how I describe like a good and a bad poo in terms of smell. Like if something's like overly smelly, then it's definitely something that you ate. But if it, I think it, I think it's more of the accompanying uh, accompanying attributes of the poo. So if it's like you know your sludgy, your like your diarrhea type poo, and it smells, then that's more of a sign. That's like a sign of like maybe stomach heat or or some sort of some sort of thing like that. But if you have like an absence of smell and it's very pale and it's like you know not not much going on you can say it say it's like a, we- a spleen weakness or something or just like maybe even yeah, like an off smell or something like that so you would say it's the combination of poo characteristics that helps us determine what's going on in a person rather than just like a it's smelly or it's not formed it's the combination yeah 100% 100% the combination especially when we're talking smell cuz smell isn't like it's not a huge flag, I feel like. Um, it's not the biggest flag when it comes to diagnosis, but definitely, like, I think the main things that we all look at is, like, texture. Um, you're looking at, like, the the difficulty or ease to pass and the colour. Is that correct? What you say? Yeah, and the yeah. consistency. Have you heard, guys heard of the Bristol stool chart? Yes. Yeah, I was going to bring that up as well. Mm. Just, like, the consistency and stuff, because some people don't even have that formed... Uh, any formation at all it's just pure liquid when it comes to stools so it's and it also depends on what's normal for the person as well um you know if if their normal is maybe more on this on the like pebblier side of the bristol chart or you know more on the bit drier side you know that's and if that's just the way it's been forever then that's what they would call normal um but it's it's important to bring out that chart and say like, oh, which one do you identify with, and where do you sit normally, and maybe where do you want to be, or you know, stuff like that. Yeah, I, yeah. Then you can adjust the diet accordingly. Sorry, Tim, go ahead. No, yeah, I think that's definitely important to ask, like, to clarify specifically with each patient um, what their sort of stools are like. Even though they might say it's normal, it might not be actually normal for like like humans and stuff like that. Because I used to have a patient who's never had a complete bowel movement sensation when she goes to the toilet, ever. And yeah, I, it's, quite, it's quite common um, for people to sort of think that that's normal as well. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. And I put her on like a Shengling Baitu San modified and she had her first feeling. She's like, oh, this is amazing. All like it feels all out. And yeah, she had that skip in her feet. So I was like... Jeez. So what was your what was your logic with That's going you make with a girl the happy, guys. <laughs> Make a poo all of it out. <laughs> it's the release. That's yeah, no, the release. So so hey Timmy, so what was your um logic behind the Shenling Baiju? Uh I, f- I figured that 
if she's had if she's never had this feeling before like obviously her spleen or her large intestines are having problems like filtering or just helping to descend that function where it doesn't feel like it's all out so a lot of it's still stuck there so you kind of want to help strengthen the spleen and help push it all sort of move everything out if that makes sense so yeah your logic was to like tonify the middle and kind of get things going in that regard right yeah like a lot of moving herbs in terms of for bowels and stuff and a lot of strengthening spleen stuff just to help bring out that spleen function of the transporting and transforming but yeah, she had it first time. And then next week she didn't. But that first time. <laughs> <laughs> so so on a on another page, what if there's like blood in the stool or you know, what, what type of stuff does that represent and what are you thinking about? What are your immediate thoughts on that if somebody presents with blood in the stool? Um, I'd feel like that you, uh, you would go towards more of either like a heat, a heat type thing, a heat or a it depends also the accompanying system uh, symptoms because it could be a um, a spleen deficiency where it can't hold the blood. So then you have a oh, what do you, what do you call it? Um, what's the technical term? What's the technical term for blood in the stool? Hemoptysis. Left me. Hemop. It's hema something. Definitely is hema something. But well, it, blood, it, there's I mean, a difference between like we can just describe it. There's a difference between like a cold blood, which is like in the poo, and then there's um, you know like that fresh red blood. Um, so there's so there's that. So can we talk about Western diagnosis? Yeah. So uh, like well, you just hear you just hear like blood in the stool. What are your first what are your first thoughts? Say fresh blood. So is it? I, I would um, suss out if there's any anal fissure. Um, that's like a, it's kind of like a, um, if you hear horses don't think zebras kind of thing, it's just like, that's, you don't want to huh? overthink it too much. Yeah. That's a, what? That's, that's a medical term. It's a <laughs> yeah, medical yeah. term, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Uh, it's not a medical oh, term, uh, but it's, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's not what a medical they term, teach but like you. a way of thinking. Yeah. Wh- yeah. Yeah. What they teach Wait, you. Can yes. you say it again a little bit slower? Yes. It was very um, quick. When you hear horses don't like, sorry, when you hear, so was it horses? When you hear something, don't when you hear, zebras. when you hear like hooves. Galloping, hooves, yeah. Oh, galloping, yeah. yeah. When you hear hooves, don't think zebras. Is that the? I don't think. I don't think that's like yeah, the exact paraphrase, right thing, but, but yes. Yeah, paraphrase, but you know, we'll get there. Yes. Anyway, so that's 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 what I think because like some people just might be just wiping too much or whatever, or you know they had they're, they're pushing a little bit too hard or something. So um, you might get a little bit of like of a rip in your anus, which can cause a little bit of blood. But if they have some like. Um, some underlying things that say they have like stomach aches or they're getting like, you know, maybe uh, they have bad breath or um, or constant burping or something, which are clear, which are signs of like stomach heat and things like that. And then they present um, with blood in the stool. Then it's like, okay, that's my thought process. I want to purge that heat a little bit. Um, but like I said earlier, it could be because of a spleen weakness where they can't hold the blood and then it comes out in, in that way. Um, so, you know, I think, it, again... Uh, that that's that's my train of thought, and I usually go it, I usually go um, more of the stomach heat route. Or, or sorry, depending on what type of patient you're dealing with. Yeah. So then, um, if we're talking Western medicine again, then we're talking like a cold blood. Oh right, um, yeah, Western medicine. Fuck, I've completely no, just you're right. overlooked that. <laughs> no, 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 no. You 
talked about anal infections, hemorrhoids, and you know pushing too hard and all that type of stuff. So then, yeah, yeah okay. So now we're talking like real blood in the stool. Uh, that can be quite dark. Um, you might not see it. Uh, you know, what are we? What are your immediate thoughts? What are your flags? What are you thinking? Talk me through that process. I think dark bloods. Dark bloods a red flag, isn't it? Definitely, yes, it is. Yeah. yeah. Red flag for yeah. what? What are you? Uh, possibly, possibly bowel cancer. 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 Yes. Yes. Hey, that's my guy. Yes, cancer. He's got it. <laughs> I said it before. Yeah, and yeah you, very good. You whispered. All right. I know my stuff. Yeah, that's not. No, I was. I'm, hey, I'm here to support you. I'm here. Yeah. I'm Look, no, I'm getting insecure. Stop, guys. Uh, you got <laughs> it, so, but you got it. Yeah. Yeah. So that that occult blood is definitely um a red flag for bowel cancer. Uh, you can also get some of that occult blood with maybe some of the ulcerative colitis, although that could be also fresh blood as well. Um. So yeah, definitely looking at uh, all that type of stuff, and possibly diverticulitis. Diverticulitis. Yeah. Can, you get a, can you get blood in the stool with that? Yes. 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 Question of my own thoughts then. Yeah. So, <laughs> you know, you, you're thinking those type of things. Um, obviously, you want to rule out cancer first and make sure there's nothing wrong there. Um, and uh, most of the time, if a patient is coming to you with this type of stuff, they have talked to other people about it, you know, their GPs or whoever else um, about it, and then they've come to you for some better answers uh, most most of the time. More than likely, your GP is going to prescribe some steroids to stop the bleeding and stuff like that, but that can be quite a quick quick fix Band-Aid type thing. So so we can, you know, talk about more of that stuff that B was talking about before with the, with the tonifying the spleen or eliminating some of that heat or the damp heat or the stomach heat or, you know, wherever that bleeding is coming from. Uh, so there's lots of options. Yeah, I think a uh, patient I've seen when it comes to blood in the stools was it links back to what we were talking about earlier with the whole stress thing um that patient like had some kind of underlying um, underlying stress like constantly because she, uh, she did have some like um like yeah a very stressful life i think and um and occasionally that when the stress would flare up she would essentially suffer a lot more um of her um well wow, i've lost the word uh, hemorrhoids and everything um, which, yeah, that would flare up because you know, if you think of it Chinese medwives, we're going liver overacting on spleen, um, and then the liver fire can in- introduce uh, a stomach heat and then, you know, show itself through um, hemorrhoids and all that. Yeah, and a really good formula for hemorrhoids... <coughs> oh, excuse me. A really good formula for hemorrhoids <laughs> is uh, Bujong Yichi Tang. It can sort of oh, lift... Bujong Yichi. Yeah, yeah. sort yeah, of bring yeah. things back to the centre. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that's a good, that's a good formula. We might, you know, talk about that uh, on another day. You know, talking about maybe Bujong Yichi Tang versus Shenling Baiju Sun. Do one yeah. of those recap formulas. That would actually because be really those good. Form- That'd be a good comparison, really good. actually. That'd be a great comparison. Mm. I so stay tuned, guys, because it's coming. Oh. <coughs> so anything else you guys want to talk about while we're here? We have got a couple minutes left. Um, I don't know if we touched on everything, but I mean, we can always have another one of these episodes. Um, acupuncture? Do you want to talk about some acupuncture? Oh. Yeah, what, what, we haven't talked about acupuncture a lot. Um, you know, actually, something that I found quite interesting that I did want to share here is that during when I was when I was in China, and I had that urgent that time where it was like urgency to go. That was more of when I was spleen, well, spleen week. Um, what I do to stop myself from, you know, going right there and then, <laughs> um, 
I would essentially constantly press my CV4. Um, that really, and that would just, it wouldn't alleviate the pain, but it would definitely make it less intense so that I didn't, you know, like, so I could actually hold on and then run to the hotel and do my business. Um, but it, it was actually pretty, pretty interesting to see how that instantly kind of like it instantly kind of strengthened that little, that little bit before, beforehand. And it was, um, I, I find that any of the lower points, especially when we're talking about our like bowel instability, instability and all that, the CV points, I feel like are underrated or overrated. I don't know. No, they're rated just well enough. Yes, they're, they're, they're very they're, well rated. <laughs> they're sufficiently rated. Mm, they are. Yeah, a lot of those, you know, CV points or the Bally points, uh, you know, spleen 15 and stomach 25, they're really good. Uh, CV 12 is really good for connecting the spleen and stomach. Also, you know, you've got liver 13 as well that's really good for, like, liver overact on spleen type, you know, reduce reduce the liver cheese stagnation. Um, that's not used all that often. That's a bit close to the ribs and people might get a bit nervous but um and then you know you've got your lower limb points you know your stomach 36 your spleen 6 your spleen 4 spleen 9 you know all of those points stomach 40 if you want it um for purging um damp heat in the large intestine specifically do you guys have any points um because i I feel like that in my little point bank in my head i don't have a lot of them could always throw in like a large intestine 11 exactly excess yeah, um, I've, like yeah. Four, uh, Those are the, really the two that I only have, <laughs> to be honest. Yeah, or you could look at um, stomach again, forty stomach points. Yeah, yeah stomach Hersey points. Stomach points. points yeah. You could look at yeah, all the yeah, yeah Jingwell points and stuff like the ink spring points to clear the heat from the stem yeah, and right. stuff. Exactly. Hmm. Yeah, so there's you know acupuncture's um, great in that that. Most acupuncture points do multiple things. Um, and I'm going to take a minute to plug my new segment on Facebook, which is called <laughs> oh, Nick's yeah. Acupuncture Point of the Week. Um, hey. You know, where I where I talk about, I take one point for the week and I talk about what it does and give a little bit tidbits and stuff like that. and Just something that interests me. You know, so this week was uh, do 20 because it's right at the top of the head. You know, thought I'd start with the top. Mm-hmm. Very good. <laughs> Just and the top of the head. N- mm-hmm. That's it. And look out for next week's point, which is uh, Sanjar three. So that's a that's a really interesting point because it connects to the ear and does some Xiao Yang stuff as well. So I thought it was really interesting. So yeah, look out for that. It's on Facebook. Um, if you like it, uh, comment and you know give me some feedback or start a discussion. We'd yeah, love to chat. Let's get, the, let's get engagement up, you know. If you have something to say, definitely just feel free to comment or whatever, especially uh, not only regarding the Accu stuff, but just anything in general. We are introducing a little more, a little bit more things here and there. So it'd be um, good to hear from everyone else who uh, we're engaged with. So give it a yeah, sus. There's some new exciting news coming out soon. So, you know, watch this space with us. We're, we're coming up with some new stuff. Hmm. Be prepared. That's it. Anyways, <laughs> shall we sign off? We've kind of reached that point in our podcast again. Yep. So, as always, thank you for listening to the Forever Young podcast. And as the guys mentioned, don't forget to follow us on Facebook and let us know what you want to hear about next or what acupuncture point you'd like Nick to have a look at. We'll make it a bit more difficult for him. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and... And as always, we're the Forever Young Podcast, and we'll hear from you next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.